Okay, boys, we're at fresh water to drink. Pa had made the bedstead. He had smoothed the oak slabs till there was no splinter on them. Then he pegged them firmly together. Four slabs made a box to hold the thick the straw tick. Across the bottom of it, Pa stretched a rope, zigzagged from side to side, and pulled tight. One end of the bedstead, Pa pegged solidly to the wall in a corner of the house. Only one corner of the bed was not against the wall. At this corner, Pa set up a tall slab. He pegged it to the bedside, the bedstead. As high up as he could reach, he pegged two strips of oak to the wall and to the tall slab. Then he climbed up them and pegged the top of the tall slab solidly to the rafter, and on the strips of oak he laid a shelf above the bed. There you are, Caroline, he said. I can't wait to see it made up, said Ma. Help me bring in the straw tick. She filled the straw tick that morning, and there was no straw from there was no straw on the high prairie, so she had to fill it with dry, clean, dead grass. It was hot from the sunshine and had a grassy sweet smell. Pa helped her to bring it in to the house and lay it in the bedstead. She tucked the sheets in and spread her prettiest patchwork quilt over them. All the head of the at the head of the bed she said You guys sorry I'm tired. Okay. Let's see. Mm, where were we again? At the head of the bed she set up the goose feather pillows and spread the pillow shams against them. On each white pillow sham, two little birds were outlined with red thread. Then Pa and Ma and Laura and Mary stood and looked at the bed. It was a very nice bed. The zigzag rope was softer than the floor to sleep on. And the straw tick was plump and sweet-smelling grass. And the quilt lay smooth. The pretty pillow shams stood up crisply crisply and the shelf was a good place to store things the whole house had quite an air with such a bed in it that night when ma went to bed she settled in the crackling tick and a uh, straw tick and pa said i declare i am so comfortable mary and laura still slept on the floor but Pa would make a little bed for them soon as he could. He he had to make the big bed. He did... Mm. Um, he had made the big bed and he had made a stout cupboard and a padlock deck so that the Indians couldn't take away all the cornmeal if they came again. Now... He had only to dig a well, and then he would be he would make that trip to town. He must dig the well first so that Ma could have water while he was gone. Next morning, 
he marked a circle in the grass near the corner of the house. With his spade, he caught the sod into a circle and lifted it up in large pieces. Then he began to shovel out the, the earth, digging himself deeper and deeper down. Mary and Laura must not go near the well while Pa was digging, even when they couldn't see his head anymore. Shovelfuls of earth came flying up. At last, the spade flew up and fell into the grass. Then Pa jumped. His hands caught hold of the sod, and then one elbow gripped it, and then the other elbow. And with a heave, Pa came rolling out. <laughs> I can't throw the dirt out from any deeper. He had to have help now. So he took his gun and rode away on Patty. And when, when he came back, he brought a plump rabbit. And he traded work with Mr. Scott. Mr. Scott would help him dig the well. And then he would help Mr. Scott's well, dig Mr. Scott's well. Ma and Laura and Mary had not seen Mr. and Mrs. Scott. Their house was hidden somewhere in the valley on the prairie. Laura had seen smoke rising from it, but that was all. At sunup the next morning, Mr. Scott came. He was a short and stout. His hair was very bleached by the sun, and his skin was bright red and scaly. He did not tan. He peeled. It's, uh, it's this... Sun and wind, he said. Beg your pardon, ma'am, but it's enough to make a saint use strong language. I might as well been a snake, the way the country I keep on shedding my skin in this country. Laura liked him. Every morning, as soon as the dishes were washed and the beds were made, she ran out to watch Mr. Scott and Pa working on the well. The sunshine was blistering. Even the winds were hot. The prairie glasses were turning yellow, and Mary preferred to stay in the house and sew on her patchwork quilt. But Laura liked the fierce light and the sun and the wind, and she would not stay away from the edge of the well. But she was not allowed to go, go to its edge. Pa and Mr. Scott had made stout windlass, it was good. It stood over the well. Two buckets hung from the ends of the rope. When the wind, windlass was turned, one bucket went up into the well, and the other came. Went down into the well, and the other came up. Um. Hmm, where are we? In the morning, Mr. Scott slid down the rope and dug. He filled the buckets with earth almost as fast as Pa could haul them up and empty them. After dinner, Pa slid down the rope into the well, and Mrs. Scott hauled up the buckets. Every morning, before Pa would let Mr. S Scott... Go down the rope. He 
set a candle in a bucket and lighted it and lowered it to the bottom. Once Laura peeped over the edge and she saw the candle burning, uh, brightly burning far down into the dark hole into the ground. Then Pa would say, Seems to be all right. And he would pull up the bucket and blow out the candle. It's all foolishness in in's girl. That's all foolishness in in growl. In growls, Mr. Scott said, the well was all right yesterday. Can't ever tell, Pa replied. Better be safe than sorry. Laura did not know what danger Pa was looking for by candlelight. She did not ask because Pa and Mr. Scott were busy. She meant to ask later, but she forgot. One morning, Miss, Mr. Scott came while Pa was eating breakfast. They heard him shout, Hi, Ingrals, it's sun up, let's go. Pa drank his coffee and went out. The windlass began to creak, and Pa began to whistle. Mary and Laura were washing the dishes, and Ma was baking a big, the big bread. When Pa whistled, whistling stopped, they heard him say, Scott. He shouted, Scott, Scott. Then he called, Caroline, come quick. Ma ran out of the house, and Laura ran after her. Scott fainted, Scott's fainted or something. Down there, Pa said. I've got to go down after him. Did you send down the candle? Ma asked. No, I thought he had it. I asked him if it was all, all right, and he said it was. Pa cut the empty bucket off the rope and tied the rope firmly to the windlass. Charles, um, you can't, you mustn't, said Ma. Caroline, I've got to go. You can't. Oh, Charles, no. I'll make it all right. I won't breathe till I get out. You can't let him die down there. We can't let him die down there. Laura, uh, Ma said fiercely, Laura, keep back. So Laura kept back, and she stood back against the house and shivered. No, Charles can't let you. No, no, Charles, I can't let you, said Ma. Get on, Patty, and go for help. There isn't time. If Char Charles, if I can't pull you up, you're keel o over down there, and I can't pull you up. Caroline, I've got to. Pa said. He swung into the well and he, his head slid out of sight down the rope. Ma crouched and shaded her eyes, staring down into the well. All over the pretty marrow larks were rising and singing and flying straight up into the sky. The wind was blowing warmer. But Laura was cold. Suddenly, Ma jumped up and seized the handle of the windlass. She tugged at it with all of her might. The rope strained, and the wickless uh, 
The rope strained and the windlass creaked. Laura thought that Pa had keeled over down in the dark bottom of the well, and Ma couldn't put, put, pull him up. But the windlass turned a little, and then a little bit more. Pa's hand came back, holding to the rope. He, on the other hand, had reached above it and took hold of the rope. <sighs> Excuse me. Then Pa's head came up and his arm onto the windlass, and somehow he got to the ground and sat there. The windlass whirred around them, and there were a thud deep down in the well. Pa struggled to get up, and Ma said, Sit still, Charles. Laura, get, uh, Laura can get some water. Quick. Laura ran, and she came hurrying back, lugging a pa the pail of water. Ma and Pa were both turning the windlass. The rope only wound itself up. And the bucket came up out of the well and it tried to make the bucket and the rope uh, the bucket and the rope was Mr. Scott. His arms and legs and his head hung wobbly from his mouth was partially open and his eyes half shut. Pa tugged him onto the grass and Pa rolled him over and f flopped where he was and rolled. Pa felt his wrist needed listened at his chest and when um, Pele went down beside him. He's breathing, Pa said. He'll be alright in the, in the air. It's alright, Caroline. I'm putting I'm plumbing a truck um a truckered out is all. Well, Ma scolded, I think you should be shoot I should think you would be. Of all the senseless performances Um my goodness gracious <sighs> My goodness gracious scaring the body to death and all for what little reasonable care my goodness she covered her face with her apron and burst out to cry that was a terrible day i don't want a well ma sobbed it isn't worth it i want to have you running such risks mr scott had breathed a kind of gas that stays deep in the ground. It stays deep in the bottom of wells because it is heavier than air and it cannot be seen or smelled. But no one can breathe it for very long and live. Pa had gone down into that gas um, to tie Mr. Scott uh, Mr. Scott to the rope so that they could be pulled out of the gas. When Mr. Scott was available, he went home.
Before he went, he said to Pa, You were right about the candle business, Ingrolls. I thought I thought it was all foolishness, and I wouldn't bother with with it, but you found out my mistake. Well, said Pa, there might be light we can't live. I know I can't. And And I like to be safe when I can be, but all's well that ends well. Pa rested a while, and he had breathed a little of the gas and felt it like resting. But that afternoon, he revealed a thread from a tow stack, and he took a little powder from his powder horn. And he he tied the powder in a piece of cloth with one end of the toying screen in the powder. Come along, Laura, he said, and I'll show you something. They went to the well, and Pa lighted the end of the string and waited and waited till the sparks was crawling quickly along it. Then um, then he dropped the little bundle into the well. In a minute, they heard a, a muffled bang and a puff of smoke that came out of the well. This was the beginning of the grass, of the gas. Well, that will bring the gas. When the smoke was gone, he let Laura light candles and stand beside him while he led it down. All the way down in the dark hole, the little candle kept on burning like a star. So the next day, Pa and Mr. Scott went on digging the well. But they, uh, but they always sent the candles down every morning. There began to be a little water in the well. But it was not enough. The buckets came up full of mud, and Pa and Mr. Scooter worked every day deeper in the mud. In the mornings, when the candles went down, it lighted oozing wet walls, and candlelight sparked in the rings over the water when the bucket stood bottom. Pa stood knee-deep in water and bailed out the buckets full before he could begin digging the mud. One day when, when he was digging, a loud shout came echoing up. Ma ran out of the house and Laura ran to the well. Pull, Scott, pull, Pa yelled. A swishing, gurgling sound echoed through there. Mr. Scott was turned. Uh, Mr. Scott turned the windlass as fast as he could, and Pa came up, climbing hand over hand up the rope. I'm blamed if this is not quicksand. Pa gasped. He, as he stepped onto the ground and the muddy and the dripping, I was. Oh. 
I was pushing down hard on the spade when all of a sudden it went down and the whole length of the handle and the water came pouring up all around me. A good six feet of this rope's wet, said Mr. Ross. You, uh, winding up, the bucket was full of water. You showed sense in getting you showed sense in getting out of that hand-over-hand ingrals. That water came up faster than I could have pulled you out. And then Mr. Scooter, uh, Mr. Scott slapped his thigh and shouted, I'm blessed if, I didn't, if you didn't bring up the spade. Sure enough, Pot had saved his spade. In a little while, they... Uh, in a little while, there was almost full of water. A circle of blue sky lay not far in the ground. And when Laura looked at it, a little, um, a little girl's head looked up at her. And when she waved her hand, a hand on the waver's surface waved too. There was water and clear and cold and good. Laura thought she had never tasted anything so good as those long cold drinks of water. Pa Pa held no moral stale warm water from the keek creek. He built a solid platform over the well and Um, sorry, guys. He built a solid platform over the well and a heavy cover for the hole that let the water bucket through. Laura must never touch that cover. But whenever she and Mary were thirsty, she, Ma lifted the corner of her dress and drew a dripping bucket of cold, fresh water from that well. Okay, guys, the next chapter is Texas Longhorns. Well, I am tired, and I hope you guys have a good night's sleep. I love you.